What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Well, hey, church family, this is Ben Curtis, one of the pastors here at New Vision, and we want to thank you for joining us for today's podcast. We're continuing through the book of 1 Peter, and as always, I'm honored to be your host. I'll be reading from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 19 from the New International Version. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, Do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Now, I think we all know that expectations matter. You know, with children, you know how true that is. If you tell a child you're going to do something, you better do it. Like you're going to read to them before bedtime or take them to ice cream. And then that time comes and and you decide you don't have enough time to read that book or that ice cream place is already closed. Well, the world just starts unraveling at its foundations. Expectations were established and they weren't met. And, you know, as adults, we, we kind of grow in our ability to control ourselves, to control our responses in those situations. But, but we still very much hold tightly to our expectations. And when, when my expectations aren't met, it definitely impacts the way I think, the way I feel. It impacts my outlook, um, my interpretation of all the things that are going on in my life. So the thing about trials, trials are hard enough when we realize that they're a normal part of of life, but there's an added layer of difficulty if you expect that your life is going to be free from trials. And if you meet trials and you think, this is some strange thing that's happened, I can't believe that this is happening, well, it's going to be a lot harder for you to respond in a way that pleases God. So you know, think about your life. You're going to be tempted at different times to be discouraged and you're going to be tempted to despair. You're going to be tempted to doubt God's faithfulness and and maybe even to distrust him. Peter says, don't be surprised by these things. Don't be surprised by this fiery trial, this fiery ordeal when you go through it. Don't be surprised when you're insulted because of your faith. Don't be surprised when you face um, physical persecution or some other form of suffering. Peter describes it as this fiery ordeal, and he uses that adjective fiery for a couple of reasons. First, because fire is painful, right? It's it's difficult. But secondly, more importantly, it's fiery because it has a purpose. This fiery ordeal that comes into our lives, it comes to test you. It, it refines you. It strengthens you. It proves the reality of your faith in God. 
So Peter says, life is hard, so don't be surprised by that. But, but, he, but he takes it a step further when he says, life is hard, so rejoice in your suffering. In verses 13 through 14, he talks to us about uh, suffering and opposition that can come into our lives as a result of our allegiance to Jesus. And, and here's the interesting thought. I don't, first of all, I don't think any of us are being uh, put in jail or anything like that for our faith. But, um, but sometimes uh, people can talk behind our back or mock us. And um, here's the thing. Before people can insult us for the name of Jesus, they have to somehow know that we're identified with Jesus. And so Peter just assumes if you're a Christian that people around you will know. And if you're not experiencing any of what Peter describes here, maybe it's because people don't know that you're identified with Christ. So this is just kind of a good moment to pause and ask yourself, do the people around me, uh, do they know that I'm a Christian? Not that I'm just a, a good moral person who keeps my yard mowed and maybe who doesn't get drunk on the weekends, but do they know that I worship and that I trust a living Savior and living Lord that, that one day every knee will bow down to. Do people around you know that? Do your neighbors know that? Do your coworkers know that? Do your classmates know that? Do your teammates know that? Do, do the parents sitting next to you uh, in the bleachers, do they know that? And if they don't know, how will they know? It, it will be because you're, you're speaking to them, you're showing them the hope that you have in Christ. And when you do that, sometimes people will insult you. Sometimes people will look down on you, maybe to your face, maybe behind your back. But Peter says when that happens, when you suffer on account of Christ, you should rejoice because it confirms something. It confirms that you belong to God. He says the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So that very glory that Jesus has stepped into now through his resurrection, Jesus now shares that glory with, with those who trust in him through times of difficulty, through times of suffering. And it, he said that's a reason to rejoice. Verses 15 and 16 kind of take a turn. Peter says, you know, if you do suffer, make sure that it's for the right reason. We all suffer. Sometimes we suffer, though, for the wrong reasons. We can bring suffering into our own lives as a result of sin. So he gives examples. He says, if you murder someone and you're sent to prison, well, that's not a form of suffering you should be encouraged by. If you steal and, and now your good reputation is ruined, well, again, that's not suffering that you should be proud of. Um, if you go meddling in other people's lives. Now, this one's interesting because it kind of catches us off guard a little bit. I get murder, okay, stealing, yeah, that's bad. Meddling? Well, he says, yes, if you, if you meddle in the affairs of other people, you stick your nose into things that really aren't your business for the purpose of gossip or for the purpose of stirring up strife, and as a result... You find yourself in the middle of a relational mess. I mean, people are frustrated with you. People are angry with you. Peter says, don't rejoice in that. Uh, suffering comes sometimes because of our shameful behavior, and, uh, and that's why we need a Savior. And of course, there's always forgiveness for, for these things. But Peter's saying, on the other hand, when you suffer for being a follower of Jesus, don't be ashamed of that. We should be ashamed of all those sinful things, but don't be ashamed of being a faithful follower of Jesus. Don't let the world's misjudgment be the basis of your identity. Don't let the world's assessment, remember the light, or the darkness rather, hates the light. Well, don't let 
the world's assessment determine your perspective on yourself. Now, as we come to uh, verse 17 and 18, I have to admit, I've always had, these verses have been a little bit mysterious to me. I haven't really always understood them, uh, but I'm going to take a stab at it. Peter says, for it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it's hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Now, I think part of the reason uh, these verses kind of trip me up. Uh, When I hear judgment, I immediately think of punishment, right? And he's telling us that judgment has come to God's household. But, you know, you read passages like Romans 8, 1, and it says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's There's no punishment. So I don't think he's referring to, now it's time for me to punish, um, God's household. I think uh, God's more referring to this act of making a judgment. So you can make a judgment. It's not always negative. It could be positive. So he's not saying uh, that, that when you suffer as a believer, okay, that's just proof that God is somehow punishing you. No, if you're in Christ, all of your punishment has been put on him. But here's what I, I think he's saying. Every time a believer shares in the suffering of Christ, we're demonstrating that our final verdict is already set. When, when, when we persevere through suffering, whatever that may look like, whatever that fiery ordeal may look like in your life, God is actually making a judgment. He's making a declaration to the world that we belong to Him. And so He says if we as believers have to go through that process of, of refinement uh, through suffering, if we have to experience some degree of suffering here in this life to test our faith, well then what's going to be the experience of those who reject the gospel? And Peter says it's going to be far, far worse. The fire on that day is not going to be a refiner's fire. It's going to be a fire of eternal torment and suffering. So uh, he's he's trying to encourage us. He's trying to help us. Um, If you suffer, suffer in the name of Christ, don't interpret that as God's judgment. it's, 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 it's temporary. It's not a mark of God's displeasure on your life. It's actually a mark of His approval. Uh, but it's still difficult, isn't it? Because it requires faith. It requires perseverance. So Peter closes out this section, and, and here's what he says. He says, So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful Creator and continue to do good. Kind of reminded me of God's conversation with Job. Do you remember how that conversation went? Um, God said something like, Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? And and then he launched into like two chapters of just recounting his sovereignty over creation. He guides, he, he provides for, he directs everything that exists. The boundaries of the ocean, the timing of the sunrise, the patterns of the weather, the behavior of animals. And what was his point? The same thing as Peter's point. God was saying, I am the sovereign creator of all things. I know what I'm doing. So Job, you can trust me with your suffering. And I think that's what Peter's driving at here. Uh, Remember, commit yourself to your faithful creator. What matters most is not that you fully understand everything that's going on or everything about your circumstances, even maybe the particular purposes of your suffering. What matters most is that you can entrust your life to a faithful and sovereign God. And when you do that, you will rejoice because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. And you will be glad 
when the glory of Jesus is revealed on that last day. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.